Here we are at Cover 3 Athletics, Whippy Old Football po- Recap Podcast, and we're going to talk about the first week of playoffs and go over everything that went down last Friday. So, Class 6A semifinals, let's get into it. Top senior without getting took on Seneca Valley as Tigers. The last four years, they've been really good in the regular season, but not so much in the playoffs, losing four straight semifinal games, two of those to the Raiders. But this time around, the Tigers avenged those demons. They got the win. As N.A. dominated on the ground, running for 253 yards, they outgained the Raiders 364-81 to 81 on the night in total offense. And really, it's just the trademark of dominant Tiger defense, dominant run game with a bunch of guys having a key role in it. N.A. cruised in this one. They went 21-7. Seneca's only points coming mid-fourth quarter on an 85-yard scoop and score. So the offense did nothing. Tigers dominate, and they go to the first Whitfield title game since 2012 when they capped off around three straight titles in the largest in the largest class, which at that time was Quad A. Central Catholic, Matt Lebanon, you know, middle of the regular season, the Blue Devils came back, dominating the second half to win that matchup in a high-scoring one. We were all on the Blue Devils. A lot of the public was not just to win the semifinal, but to win the whole thing. Well, the chain gang and some other things had something else to say about that. Because Central Catholic, they absolutely dominated. To sum it up, Braylon Henderson, five sacks by himself. The defense had eight sacks. Well, the first half from Lebanon, 17 offensive plays. Nine of them lost yards. They lost 33 yards on a bad punt snap. The offense totaled negative 40 yards in the first 24 minutes. And it really was just an onslaught by the Vikings as Adam Ober and Hen Anderson Sinkar for a 25 yard touchdown to Sinkar Moss, two Blue Devils in the end zone. And that was after the Vikings used a fake punt to keep that drive alive. And the catch came on a third and long. The backup quarterback, Peyton Wainer, scored on a four yard keeper. Eddie Tillman busted loose for a 21 yard score. The senior for 144 in the night. It was 21 nothing at the half. And then opening second half kickoff. Malibu, nobody picks up the ball, rolls into the end zone, and Gannon Crothers falls out for another Viking touchdown. Oberyn capped it off on a keeper in the third. Such a Catholic Cruz is 35-0 to move on to their seventh Whippeo title game in the last eight years for them. As the players of the week for these two semifinal matchups, the Viking defense as a whole, eight sacks, allowed minus five yards for the game with a shutout and a defensive touchdown. And then Braylon Henderson by himself had five sacks. And then for North Allegheny, they combined as J.R. Burden, Khalil Diggins, Nate Hoke, and Mason Kress combined run for 237 yards and three touchdowns in there when over Seneca. Burden landed with 95 yards on the ground. Diggins had 67 yards and a touchdown. Hoke ran for two scores and 47 yards. So the 6-8 championship is set on Friday, for Friday night at Monterey Stadium. Top seed North Allegheny versus three seed Central Catholic. It'll be a rematch. Where the Tigers won in the regular season 35-21. These two square off, though. And the good old rivalry gets renewed, this time, though, with a title on the line. As, of course, in our preview breakdown later in the week, we'll talk about that one in depth. We'll also have an article breaking down the stats, numbers, and a little bit of a little bit of history factor for that matchup as well. As it'll be the first of six Whippeal championships here in the next two weeks. So here we go. Some, so quarterfinal action, the quarterfinals. Class 5A, you know, this bracket looked to be wide open on paper, but the way it played out on Friday, the top four seeds, 
they flex their muscles pretty big. Top seed Pirates in a no trouble with South Fez. The Rams cruise 47-7. to Cole Spencer to Eli Yockham for three touchdowns. Yockham also had a 54-yard pick six. And his pick six was big because as the opening drive, PR went down less than three minutes. Spencer to Yockham for the first touchdown. Teams traded stops. The Lions made a fourth down stop around midfield. They got the ball with some juice. And then Yockham picked it off, ran it back to the house. And that really just kind of took all the win out. Safe had sales. And that opened it up for the PR just to roll as the Rams defense absolutely dominated in the first half. As in the first half, Safe had only in 70 yards. They went three and out five times. And Naaman Alamona got picked off twice. As by that point, it was 41 nothing. That's all she wrote. Again, 47-7 in the final there. PR cruises. Cole Spencer throws for 168 yards as he threw four touchdowns. Actually, I apologize. He scored through three, ran for a fourth. As that brings his career total up to 75, making him PR's all-time career leader in touchdown passes. And, yes, he surpasses current Cowboy quarterback Ben DiNucci, as well as current Boston College quarterback Phil Dracovic on that list. So definitely hallowed ground for him. And really in the Casper quarterback trail, big one for PR. On that side of the bracket, Penn Trafford up for St. Clair. And for the third time in four years, the Warriors KO'd USC. As again, this was all about the Penn Trafford's defenses. They absolutely dominated. As USC got outgained 378 to 161. Penn Trafford just dominated on the ground. They opened up going 72 yards, 13 plays, took over seven minutes off the clock. And Kadiak only scored from five yards out. And then the Warriors, who had a pair of four-down conversions on their drive, came up with a four-down stop for St. Clair towards midfield. And, then, and that was midway through the second quarter. Ethan Carr busting loose for a 55-yard touchdown that made a 14-zip. And then up for St. Clair through 24 minutes, had just 30 yards of offense, never a good formula. And then the backbreaker came before the half as Yakima only busted loose for a 61-yard score that made a 21-zip. And then second half, Pat Travis just ground out the clock. Carr hit Mason, hit Mason Fry for a 38-yard score, and then he ran for a 40-yarder in the fourth to ice it. 35-7, Penn Trafford wins, and they move on there. Gateway took on Penn Hills. This ended up being the closest of the four quarterfinals, as well as the lowest scoring, as it was the Gators prevailing, and they made their fifth straight semifinals. But the manner is a bit surprising. Is opening drive, 80 yards, and Derek Davis' three-yard touchdown run. But then, but then both sides, the defense has stepped up. But also, both teams made a linear mistakes that cost each of them opportunities. Penel's case to get back in it, gateways to pull away. All of a sudden, it was done, though. Jada Hurtcott, three-year touchdown, um, came on later in the second quarter, make it 14-zip. As Penel's was unable to convert a couple opportunities, caused by gateway turnovers. Second half was just... A hard-fought, a little bit sloppy half. Gateway pounds out the 14-0. They win. As Carson Luka throws for 163, runs for 54 yards. He counted four as he had a touchdown. As then Derek Davis ran for 84 yards, had 40 yards and seven catches. He also scored one of the touchdowns. But Penniles, though, bright side for them. As they fall hard, missing five senior starters, but also in this game, two freshmen, Julian Duggar, the quarterback, and then Houston, Amir Keyes, taken over running back the last couple of weeks. Those showed up and played well. And again, the future 
looks bright for the Indians with that type of duo coming back for three more years. And the other one, Pierce Township, Woody High, as all year long for Pierce Township, it's been defense and special teams and just enough offense to get the job done. Well, that formula was in place, but the offense got a jump start. As, as the Indians make their third straight semifinal, as they took the opening kick, and Logan Peffer used a 48-yard keeper to set up Nico Pat for a two-yard dive. Woody Ice first offensive play, they fumbled. Four plays after that, Nico Pat scores on a one-yard run to make a 13-zip. And then moments later, Luke Patrick had a 20-yard pick six. It is like that it was a 20-point game. But Woody Ice settled down. They fought back. Deontay Williams, their star and their leader, the talented junior quarterback. With another field, two yards he goes in, 20-6 at the break. Then early in the third, the Woody Eye moving with momentum. Chance get back in it. Williams scrambles. Normally good, but he gets hit. Fumbles the balls. He got tackled. He, as the referees ruled it a live balls, he laid on a couple of defenders. And then Patrico alertly picks it up, takes it 48 yards to the house for a scoop and score, and that pretty much put the game away. And then the final quarter and change, the Indian defense added two safeties. Well, then the offense grounded out the clock, and Vinny Serrani capped off with a four-yard plunge in the fourth. Pierce Touch wins 39-6. Patrico, I'm sorry, Pate led Peters with 223 yards rushing. As in defeat, Williams threw for 94 and for 42. So the class five semifinals for Friday are set. The higher seeds host all the semifinal games. As top seed Pirateson takes off four seed Penn Trafford. And then be a two seed Gateway versus three seed Pierce Township in a rematch of last year's title game. As the players of the week from those quarterfinal matchups, Eli Yaka and Pirateson, six catches for 107 yards, three touchdowns, had a pick six as well. Ethan Gore from Penn Trafford. Runs for 194 yards and totals three scores. And then Luke Petraka, Pierce Township, a pick six, a scoop and score, sparked that in the defense. Class four quarterfinals. And again, really no surprises here. There's three of them, again, kind of decisive. There's top seed Al Quipa fought off a tough, a, tough, a tough Hampton showing in the first quarter plus. But Talbot mistakes hurt them as they fumble the opening kick. Less than 90 seconds later, the Quips took the lead on Verdon Red's 14-yard scamper. But again, the Talbots hung tough. They kept in the game. Then second quarter, though, Vaughn Morris, Antonio Anderson, 35 yards to the score. And the final four minutes of the first half, it was only 13-zip at this point. But then the walls finally caved in as Cole McBride picked off a pass, ran it back 59 yards to the house. And another interception set up a 21-yard touchdown pass from Morris to Tajir Thornton. And then the final minutes, Nate Lindsay with a scoop and score, 82 yards of the house. And just like that, it was 31-0 at the break. Neither side score in the second half as equipped defense just dominated the rest of the way through. Al Quipper rolls 31-0. Vaughn Morris, 8-13 for 145 yards. Red ran for 74 yards. Thornton, four catches, 54 yards. Delver and Short Tears Valley. The Colts, first playoff game in a heck of a long time. Delver and trying to get back to the title game. Well, it was the duo of Devin Whitlock, Quinn, and Martin that powered the Leopards in this one. Because mid-first quarter is Whitlock going on one-year keeper with that captain 11 play and 59-year drive. But the Colts hits back with a nine-play series. Then Anthony Mackey found A.B. Abraham for a 39-yard touchdown on. But then Whitlock answered with a 31-yard scoring scamper in the second quarter. But it would be 14-7 at the break. Second half, though, Belvern just took over. As four plays into the half, Martin broke free for a 32-yard touchdown. And this morning, kid, only a freshman, so watch out in the Big 8 Conference. 
And then after Martin's big run, though, the Colts win three. And now two plays later, Martin busts through 36 yards for a touchdown. The Colts would fumble in their next series. A nice little seven play drive. Woodlock capped with a 26 yard run, made 35 7, put the game out of reach. And Belverde cruises 49 21 the final there. As Woodlock runs for 174 yards, Martin and 147 on the ground. Opposite side of the bracket, TJ versus Mars. How would TJ respond for the disappointing loss at home last week? Maybe a little opportunity for Mars. Nah, not so much. As TJ came out with a, with a point to prove, unfortunately for Mars, they're the ones in their way. That's how it went down. Second play of the game, though, Jaguars fumble at the running team. Mars recovers. Could it be? But Teddy Ruffner, nine yards on three plays. Fourth one, he gets stuffed. Turnover on downs. After that, it was all Jaguars. As Jake Pudrex, an eight-play, 91-yard drive. He caps with the nine-yard scoring strike to Ian Hansen. And then a minute later, you to strip sack that Connor Merger scoops up and goes 35 yards to the house quickly make it in a two-score game. It's all night long. Ruffner and the Mars growing. Maybe just could not get going. And when, that's, when, that's, when, that's, when, that's a, when they rely on that, not good formula. Is in Pew would find Preston Zandu for touchdowns of 16-9 yards. That quickly made it a 27-point game, just two minutes in the second quarter. And then Margaret had a nine-yard run before the half to make it 34-zip. The middle through the third, the Merciful went intact. And Zandu hauled in a 13-yard strike. As Morris had just four yards in the first half, and TJ finished with a 408-101 advantage in total offense. TJ wins 41-6. As Pugh throws for 218 yards and four scores, Zandier caught three of them. As he had six grabs for 110 yards, Hanson seven grabs, 98 yards. Mark ran for 55 yards. Ruffner finishes career with just 11 yards on the ground in this one. And, and then, honestly, the top game of the night, as well as in this bracket, Plum taking on McKeesport. Plum undefeated for the first time in ages. Carver champs for the first time in ages. Trying for the first semifinal berth since 1996. It took a smash, it took a smash mouth 48 minutes to do so, but the Plum Mustangs at home found a way to survive. Edges arrive on McKeesport, avenge all those streaks, keep them coming, and make a semifinal. As Plum forced the trio first at turnovers, but got no points out of it. As as Plum hurt themselves as a pony negated an early touchdown pass, and then set up a missed field goal attempt. But then after the missed kick, though, Jamil Perryman, Perryman busted out a 72-yard touchdown on the gate. I'm sorry, a 72-yard run to put Plum the ball, Plum's 17-yard line. But the Plum defense hung tough. And Milton Campos drew a 20-yard early in the first to make it 3-0. It took to about the last four and a half minutes in the second quarter as they drove um, eight plays. Yeah, actually, I'm sorry. There, as Humner hit Martin for Reed Martin for a five-yard touchdown to make it 6-3. McKees Moran back though eight plays, 76 yards. And Caleb Rice went on one-yard dive to make it 9-6 at the break. But Keysport opened, I'm sorry, Plum opened the third quarter with a quick three-play 56-yard drive. As Eric Moore scored on a 12-yard run, they make it 12-9 after another failed PAT. But Keysport had five second-half possessions, two punts, a turnover on downs, and two interceptions. That's how they ended with all no points. As in the final stretch, but Keysport had a chance, but it was the star of sophomore. Um, Brady Dogdanovich came with the saving interception in 
And with a minute 53 to play, and with that Tigers, I'm sorry, and the Mustangs are at the clock. Mustangs win 12-9, the final there. As on the night, Plummet four picks, Zach Fields the two, and Lungenbrooks had the other one. But Brady Dojomich, a sophomore with the game-stealing interception of the minute 53 to play, seal that one there. So Plum 12-9 winners, they move on. It'll be Plum and TJ in the semifinal on that side. Bill Byrne traveled to Aliquippa. As players of the week in 4A, the Bill Vernon duo of Devin Woodlock and Quentin Martin combined 321 rushing yards, six touchdowns. Plum's Reed Martin, six grabs, 116 yards, and a score. And Jake Pugh with TJ, 14 of 15, 218 yards, four touchdowns. Okay, so we're going to carry on Class 3A quarterfinals. And again, really no surprises here. But, you know, some interesting action took place. Central Valley top seeds East Allegheny. East Allegheny had the swag coming into this one. They were confident. But the Warriors haven't been tested all year. And now it's stay true for another week in this one, earning their ninth semifinal in 11 seasons. As they scored 28 points in the first 12 minutes and never looked back. Marion Saunders and Stephen Hall each scored on runs of 6 and 16 yards. Less than a minute apart set the tone. Then Landon Alexander had touchdowns of 4 and 10 yards. Then the second quarter, Amir Dudley got it going. As he had Miles Walker for a 27-yard score. Then he found Javen Thompson for a 63-yard catch and run. And then, um, lost my place there, sorry. And that put the Mercer into effect by the half. In the third quarter, it would be Dudley to Ryan Boring for a 10-yard score. Wasn't boring on that play to make it 49-zip. And then Brett, Brettford Simmons, 57 yards of the house in the fourth quarter. East Day scored late when Amaria Lucky ran the ensuing kickback 61 yards. Central Valley cruises 56-7. Amir Dudley throws for 135 yards. Fitzsimmons ran for 105. On that side, Keystone South Park. Again, best game in the bracket it was here. As the Eagles faced adversity, as they overcame multiple 10-point deficits and losing their star four-year starter, Logan Shrub, due to an ankle injury to get to, get to the semifinals. As it took Lane in the first half for anybody to score, but it would be the sophomore Harper Conroy hitting Brennan Wood for a 36-yard touchdown to give South Park the first points. After a stop, Jason McCalonis added a 29-yarder to make a 10-zip at the break. Shrub was limited due to the ankle in the first half. The Eagles made a change, but Mark Hunter in a quarterback second half, and he went off as, as an option quarterback. His opening series of the third, Hunter let him down, and he scored on tier keeper to make it 10-7. Then the ensuing kick, Xander Robertshaw ran it back 94 yards for South Park, making it 17-7. But back came Keystone Oaks. Kevin Drew scored an eight-yard run. But then before the end of the third, Conroy capped a scoring drive with a one-yard plunge. It'd be 24-14 South Park. Early in the fourth, Drew scored again. And then on the next possession, South Park was moving. They got to fourth and five in midfield. But Conroy would be sacked at his own 45, which is over five minutes to go. Hutchin led them down eight plays, and he scored on an HR keeper with two and a half minutes to go. They gave Keystone's 28-24 lead. But the key on that drive, though, Shrub came in on a third and 16, and he found Drew. I'm sorry, he came in on a third and long, and he hit Drew for a 16-yard gain to keep the series alive. But now Conroy South Park weren't done though, as Conroy led South Park down to the KO 15-yard line in the final seconds. But the hero of the night Hunchin picks him off with five seconds to go in the end zone to seal the deal. 
punch and runs for 202 yards. Houston Oaks rallies win 28-24, and they'll get a rematch with Central Valley in Manaka for a right to go to the title game. Other side of the bracket. North Catholic take it on Mount Pleasant, and the Trojans came on fire from the start. As early on, Joey Prentice hit Nick Mayer at 37 yards for a touchdown, but Robbie Labuda answered back with the run-heavy Viking attack, 19-yard to the house, tied up at 7 mid-first quarter. But then Mayer came back, though, first place, second quarter. He hauled in as he took a screen pass 35 yards to the house. Seven minutes after that, Kyle Tipidinski scored on 26-yard run and made it 21-7. As for the, as Mount Pleasant's run-heavy attack, they were able to break a few runs, but the Trojan defense contained them. And then be the story. Then second half, it would be the North Cali ground game that just controlled the clock as they just did it better. Jack Funnel scored on a nine-yard run lane in the third. And then mid-fourth quarter, Tipinski goes to 22 yards of the house to seal the deal. As, as Labuda scored again late, but it went him out. North Calic wins 35-14. His Prentice throws for 155 yards, runs for 81. Tipinski ran for 100 yards. Mayer, five grabs for 102 yards. And Liam Shrum totaled 70 yards for North Catholic in defeat. Asheville O'Connor throws for just 77 yards. Labuda ran for 146 and two scores. Aaron Alaska added 80 yards on the ground. And then Elizabeth Ford taking on Freeport. The Warriors, they got the they got the, the spread power run. They got the defense, and that's what carried them in this game. As Elizabeth Ford used those things during their first playoff win in 20 years. As three minutes into the game, Devontae Brownfield scampered 45 yards for a score. And then the ensuing kick number was squibbed. It bounced off a free put up man. The Warriors recovered it. They go 51 yards in seven plays. And Nico Marvers goes in from one yard out to make it 14 zip. In the final six, seven minutes of the half, they broke the game open as Kyle Thornoy and Marvers each scored short runs. They made it 27 0. But then Freeport answered back early second, early third quarter. They got going. They forced a fumble, and then Ben Lane hit Brady Steinman to 31 yards for the score. As an EF's offense struggled in the third quarter, but then the but Freeport, though, they couldn't get anything going to, to get back into the game. And then a minute happened to the fourth. Florinoy goes in 13 yards and made it 34 to 6. The Old Jackets answered just over a minute plus later when Lane hit Mario DeVivo 19 yards for a touchdown. Then after EF fumbled the ensuing kickoff, Lane found. Holding Otterman 29 yards for a touchdown. And just like that, 7.35 to play. It was 34-20. to 20. Freeport had life, but the Warriors got the ball back, and they didn't give it back. They ground out the remaining seven and a half minutes to secure the win. 34-20, Elizabeth Ford wins that one. As Florinoy led them with 161 rushing yards, Brownfield added 79. Mervers added 69. Had a 42-yard catch from Zion White, the sophomore, who completed four or five passes for 68 yards. Freeport used 157 yards of offense. As Lane threw for 145, ran for 10. Stuyvesant, four catches for 74 yards. DeVivo at five for 42. EF, though, the winners, they move on. And the semifinals will be North Cali versus the forward to go along with Central Valley and Keystone Oaks. As the players of the week from the quarterfinals, Mark Hutchin of Keystone Oaks, Kyle Flaunoy of EF, and North Cali's Nick Mayer. We go to Class 2A now, quarterfinals. As two of these were blowouts, the other two were barn burners. The blowouts are on the same side of the bracket. Beaver Falls are out to Western Beaver, 42-14. Josh Howe runs for 210 yards, five touchdowns, and they and they were in control from the start. 
as Tao Jones had a 36-yard scoring run late. Shelly Livingston ran for 89 yards. A Paul Ridge over Wash High, 42-6. As the Vikings senior class sends their team to the first-ever semifinal trip, and they did so by taking advantage of Wash High mistakes. As, early, as after Apollarich had to punt on the opening series, Wash High fumbled on their first play. Four snaps later, Logan Harmon goes in from 13 yards out. Five plays after that, though, the Prexies gave it away again. And then Jake fell to Don Rito, 21 yards, made a 14 zip. The ensuing kick, the Prexies fumbled it. Three minutes after that, Harmon scored on a three yard run. And just like that, we do 21 nothing Apollarich. Second quarter would be fell to Rito again, five yards for the touchdown. Uh, Wash High was on the move in the final four minutes of the half, but they stalled in the red zone as they were denied a fourth down. In third quarter, Prexy quarterback Devon Fuse and Harmon traded rushing scores. But it'd be two little two ways. Prexy just couldn't catch up. And then in the fourth, Harmon goes in again from a one yard run, sealed the deal. A Paul Ridge wins 42 to 6 as Logan Harmon runs for 249 yards and four touchdowns to lead the Vikings. Well, fellow throws for 144. Clay Fitzroy, nine catches, 87 yards. Paul Ridge moving on. And that semifinal will be Beaver Falls hosting a Paul Ridge. The other end of the bracket, let's talk about the thrillers. Sarah Catholic, McGuffey, and a unique season for the Eagles was kept alive in an improbable way. As McGuffey filmed on its opening series, but the defense got the, right ball, got the ball right back. The option offense goes 89 yards and nine plays, and Kyle Brookman had a 37-yard reception, but he fumbled at the Eagles five, only to recover his own fumble in the end zone for a touchdown to make it seven. I'm sorry, make it eight-zero to two-point play. Both defense though held their own for the next quarter plus until Sarah finally got on the board late in the half. Max Rocco to Terrell Booth, 29 yards to the touchdown, made eight to seven, and that set away to the fourth quarter where McGuffey got a stop early in the quarter. The offense moved quick. As actually, I'm sorry. The McGuffey offense stopped in the third, and then the offense went on a lengthy drive. And over a minute into the fourth, McKinley Whipkey captain on a three-yard run and made it 14 to seven. As it was a lengthy 75-yard drive, and the highlight came though when Jeremiah Johnson took the direct snap on a fake punt on 13 yards to keep it alive early on. But then Rock and the Eagles responded. They went down the field. And with 5.57 left, Booth holding a five-yard score. The extra point would be good. We'd be tied at 14. And then the next series, McGuffey was forced to go three and out. But the Eagles muffed the punt. About, it, kicks off, it kicks off the returner's foot. Goes to midfield. Highlanders fought. And then a personal foul. A couple plays there helped aid the Highlander and drive. The, Brooklyn had a big run. And then they just worked the clock down. All of a sudden, though, Nate Wotowski comes out. 31-year field goal try for the lead, potentially win, but his kick wide left off the upright. Eagles have life tied up 50 seconds ago. Ball at their own 33, and at their own 32, I should say. And then two plays later, Rocco finds Javon Campbell holding in stride, who takes it 68 yards to the house. Extra point good, 21-14 Eagles, 28 seconds left in the game. The Eagles defense survived getting the last stop, and Sarah Catholic in an electrifying way. Comes back to win 21-14. Rocco throws for 283 yards and three scores. Campbell Holt, seven grabs for 118. And the game winner, Booth, seven catches for 141. Starrocks taking on Laurel. Laurel's been a thorn in Starrocks' side last couple years because it used to be 
conference foes in 1A. They both make the jump in 2A to for split up conference rise. But Starhawks would find a way. As Laurel forced, forced a punt to start, then they go 82 yards in 10 plays. And Mike Pascarella, 23 yards of the house, 7-0 Spartans late first quarter. Three plays later, Pascarella picks off a pass. And then six plays after that, it'd be Kobe DeRosa, one yard out. That made a 14-zip Laurel. But then Starhawks going off its mid-second quarter. Austin Jones played quarterback. He directed a 10-play 85-yard drive. And Deontay Givens capped with a 24-yard touchdown run, but it was 14-6 after a failed conversion with five minutes to go in the half. And both defenses will hold the rest of the way there. Second half, Vikings opened it by taking the kick downfield. And Javon Miller also took a screen 12 yards for a touchdown. Givens punched in a two-point play at tied up at 14. That would go into the fourth quarter. But with 8.23 left in the game, though, Pasquero breaks loose on a 12-yard run. But a failed conversion kept it 20-14. to 14. That proved costly because Starks would respond immediately as they go 62 yards in eight plays. And Jones scores on a three-yard keeper. The extra point good. And with 4.40 to go, Adam Devine, the hero, Starks leads 21-20. to 20. As Laurel tried to move and respond, but Luke McCoy on a halfback pass was picked off. And it's on 48 with 2.11 to go. And the Vikings grounded out the clock. As the clinching play was in Austin Jones on a fourth and five at Laurel's 40, took the snap and found a gain for 20 yards to seal the deal. They ran it out. Starhawks wins 21-20. Austin Jones throws for 281 yards. Well, Josh Jenkins, normally quarterback, but he's versatile. He's receiver this game, led them five catches, 93 yards. Well, Luke McCoy ran for 113 yards as Laurel on 276 to the team. Wasn't enough. Starhawks wins 21-20. And the semifinal on this side, the three-seed Starhawks was seven-seed. Sarah Catholic. Sarah Catholic only played four games in the regular season, but they're undefeated now, 5-0 with this playoff win. Starhawks is 7-1. They're only lost coming in a week one forfeit to Carleton. That was, it, was a, it was a non-COVID-related forfeit, too. So that'll be 2A as the top players in those games. Logan Harmon from Paul Ridge, Josh Howe from Beaver Falls, and Austin Jones from Starhawks. And here we go, Class 1A. Last but definitely not least, quarterfinal action. As we had three games that got out of hand, one close one. As left side of the bracket, top seed Clariton and Olsh for the second year in a row, they met in a quarterfinal in the second row. The Bears took the upper hand. As Dante Sanders opened it with a 34-yard touchdown run, he punched in the conversion to make it 8-0. But Olsh answered as Jamar Pearson scores on a 14-yard scamper that, that made it 8-7. Sanders and Pearson trade rushing scores early in the second to make it 15-13. Then the final seven minutes of the first half, it'd be all Claritin. As the defense shut down Olsh, well, then their run game took over. As, as Isaiah Berry scored on a 10-yard jaunt, and then Dante Sanders added touchdowns of 4 and 48 yards. Just like that, it was 34-13. Claritin never looked back. As Olsh just could never get things going. And again, Claritin kept pounding the rock. Jonte Sanders scored on a 20-yard keeper. And then Dante Sanders, who ran for 428 yards and six touchdowns, added runs of 74 and 37 yards in the fourth to seal the deal. As Clarita wins 54-20. As on that side, Shenango, California, this would be the best game in this bracket. This was all about defense. But the first touchdown came on an 18-yard pick six by Ryan Lenhart late in the first quarter. Then California answered 79 yards and 13 plays. And Jaden Zuzek goes in 12 yards to the, 
out to make it 7-6 California early in the second. Ben Shango answered next series as they go down the field. C.J. Miller goes in five yards for a touchdown. The two-one conversion made 14-7. That means score at the break. Shango took the opening second-half kickoff quickly downfield at two minutes. And B.T. Tino Campoli to, to Lenhart, 11 yards to the score, making it 21-7. As the, as the Wildcats picked off a pair of passes that helped keep it 21-7 going late in the fourth quarter, but California just hung around and they rode the workhorse. Azuzak was contained for the night, but he's too good to shut down, and he busted free for a 44-yard score that made it a seven-point game with 3:21 to play. And the ensuing kick, though, Shenango fumbles, Trojans recover, and on the next play, Zuzak goes 41 yards to the house, and just laid out the extra point that we, we tied up at 21. But Shenango wasn't around. They fought back. Campoli leads him down the field, and he finds Donald Peters for a diving 37-yard catch with 58 seconds to go. And then moments after that, Miller goes in two yards for the winning run. Shenango's defense got a final stop to sealed. Wildcats survive 28-21 as Campoli goes 10-16 for 148 yards. Miller ran for 85. Maurice Watkins made his return, but he was living to do the ankle, going for his 22 yards on the ground. In defeat, Jaden Zuzak led Cal 100, I'm sorry, 191 rushing yards. As that semifinal will be Claritin hosting Shenango. Very well could be back at Norman High School, as that's where Claritin played last week. Then the other two quarterfinals, Janetta and Avella, the 3-6 matchup. The Jayhawks, they're up by 21, just five inches in this game. They led by 28 after the first quarter. And they'd be up 62 cents at the half. That was pretty much that. As they outgained develop 420 to 133. Brad Birch goes 7 10 for 317 yards and four scores. As Brett Birch caught two touchdowns, Kalen Piscar had a score. James Sanders scored on a 34 yard run and a 61 yard kick return. Toby Klein caught a 10 yard touchdown. I'm sorry, yeah, Toby Klein caught a 10 yard score, and then he ran for a 40 yarder. Roberta Smith ran for a score, and that would be that. Janetta wins 62-14. And then the 2-7 matchup, Rochester versus Springdale. This would be a grueling show, but the Rams pulled it out. As the Rams ran – I'm sorry, the Rams had 69 plays. They ran 68 of them. The only pass was an interception, but they go for 367 on the ground. That's all they needed to do. As they opened up the 14-play, 82-yard drive, that saw a pair of third down and fourth down conversions. And Denny Robinson was in on tier ground that made it 8-0. Springdale won 10 plays, but they stalled in Rams territory. Rochester goes 12 plays, 59 yards. And Rashawn Reed scores on a four-year on the made of 14-0 with nine minutes to go in the second quarter. But then Calvin Killer came back with a 44-yard spark two plays later. But then Rochester goes 64 yards and 11 plays. And Rashawn Reed again scores his time from three yards out. And after that, a pair of big plays came. Dimitri Fritch had a 78-yard kick return for the Dynamos. But then Reed would have a 66-yard scamper to the house. But at the end of the half, now Matt Huss would drill a 30-yard field goal. that cut the deficit to 28-17. But the second half was all about defense. Rochester did a little bit more in offense to pull away. The spring notice had two, two first downs in the second half. And they also, as, as the Rams also had two big stops, as Rochester denied Springdale on a fourth down in the third, and then Salaori had an interception at zone 45 in the fourth quarter. After Lori's pick, Rochester goes up for 10 plays, and the, and the man goes in for a one-yard run, then be Lori and put the game away. As on the night, 
Rochester was six of eight on four down conversions. And then four of them came via penalty. For the Dynamos, only ran 36 plays. We'll rack it up 14 ponies, 434 yards. Rochester is two inch on the ground. They power the way 34-17 the final. As Rashawn Reed led them with 205 yards, three touchdowns on the ground. Lori added 102. As it will be Rochester was in the other semifinal on Friday. Players of the week here. Dante Sanders of Claritin. CJ Miller of Shenango here for 85 yards and two touchdowns. And then Brad Birch of Jeanette. As the City League did not, as their semifinals this upcoming weekend. So, what is the upcoming Whip and City playoff schedules? So, this Friday night is everything Whip football playoff as you have all the semifinal games from classes 5A, 4A, 3A, 2A, 1A. The higher seeds host each. Within the 2020 Whip 6A championship is Friday night, 7 o'clock, Martirelli Stadium, home in North Hills. Is it will be top seed, undefeated North Allegheny, taking on three seed and defending champion Central Catholic. Is that is that, and then Saturday afternoon, it'll be a city league semifinal doubleheader at Couple Stadium. As top seed and defending champ undefeated West Allen State take on four seed Brashear, and then two seed Allardyce takes on three seed University Prep. As the two winners there will play in the city title game the following Saturday, November 14th at Couple Stadium, somewhere early in the afternoon. Well then, um, the Whitfield 3A championship is scheduled for next Friday night, the 13th. And then Saturday, November 14th, will be our quadruple header of Whippy Old Championship football as it starts at 11 a.m. But the 1A game goes all day long, including with the 5A kickoff at 7 o'clock on the 14th night. North Hills, North Allegheny will host games all day there. And the state playoffs fully begin this week as the, this is the 6A champ will enter in and the state quarterfinal next weekend. And then all Whitfield champs enter the state semifinals that third week of November. And, of course, the six state – as the six state championships are Thanksgiving weekend, the last weekend of the month of November. The City League is not competing in the city play, in the, in the state playoffs this year. So that's the schedule, and that is that, guys. So for complete Whitfield football playoff game-by-game breakdowns, summaries, and stats, as well as our list of top players, and everything else from the 2020 season – that's gone and as well as upcoming as we do have updated brackets as well as the, check out our website cover3athletics.worksite.com slash westpa and it's cover the number three athletics in the address bar our twitter our twitter handle is at cover3 underscore ath and it's capital c cover the number three underscore and then in all caps ath follow cover3athletics on facebook tiktok and instagram for more we appreciate you guys because that because without you we'd be nothing and we do it for the athletes. We do it to get them their, their just desserts and their rightful exposure. So we, we really appreciate all of our followers and support. And we look to be bigger and better each week. So that's that. We thank you for tuning in. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And really, before we wrap up here since this playoff season, we are going to have our second week of playoff preview podcast later this week for you all to enjoy. So we'll talk about the semifinals and final in depth. But right now, kind of my couple my couple takeaways from, you know, all the quarterfinal action and the 6A semis are this. The 6A semis, North Allegheny, this might be their year. They're clicking on all cylinders. The defense looks great, as it usually does. But it's, but it's making plays at the right time and really just being dominant. But that offense has been impressive with so many different guys like, you know, Mason Kress, Barnum, 
Dinkins, um, Hokey, even the star linebacker, all being able to be effective in the running game. Greg Phillips has shown the ability to be a reliable passer this year. But he's going to need to do that in the championship. Central Catholic, yeah, talk about resiliency. You know, everyone kind of counted them out. Everyone kind of was going on the high on the Mount Lebanon. But the Viking defense dominated when it, when it really mattered. But the offense, I was impressed with. You know, you didn't see any talent getting 100 carries and having to pound out, you know, 200 yards on like 50 touches. He had a good, efficient game. He broke in a big touchdown. He had some big, he had some big chunk plays. But Adam Obrin, as well as Payne Aware, came in. They were effective at quarterback. And when you have guys like Sinkar, Eric Benson, Crowley, who are big play guys, all you need to do is get them the ball and do what they do best and make plays in space. So I was impressed by that. And this championship, it could be a defensive slugfest. On paper, that's what it would suggest. But the way this rivalry plays out, usually you could throw the paper out. But we'll see. But it will be a good start to the championship festivities as the tradition goes for Whippeal football. Now for quarterfinals, what I think about it. I was really kind of impressed across the board by how the top seeds really separated themselves in matchups that looked closer on paper than what they ended up playing out as. I mean, PR looked absolutely dominant against a good South Fayette team. Penn Trafford, though, can be said the same for how they knocked out USC. Maybe give them a little bit more credit just comparing the two. They square off. And then Gateway showing their moxie. The offense struggled. They made mistakes, but they didn't have flinch. And they earned their defense lived up to the challenge. Pierce Township, they've done it with defense and special teams all year. Their offense just did enough, but they found some with Nico Pat and the run game. And I'm excited Francis is going to turn because you should have two really good semifinals on Friday. And no matter who wins, you're going to have a banger of a championship next week. That's all you can ask for. Class 4A. No surprise, but I'm curious. Belvern and going to the pit to face Aliquippa. You know, Belvern in the last seven years under Matt Hubbard has become one of the more premier programs in the Whippeal against the against the standard. You're going against the standard in their house. Who and Aliquippa has the chip, of course, by being playing up another class, being despite being one of the smallest schools in the state. But of course, the Quips do what the Quips do best, and they just ball out. That'll be, I think, it'll be a really good game. And then TJ and Plum. Plum, you're playing with house money. And I was really pleased about Plum. They showed their toughness. They, there was nothing flashy about it in the game when they were opportunistic, but also squandered them. They find a way to win and hold off a Red Hall McKeesport team. And then TJ has kind of expected to name their statement. Really excited for that matchup, too. 3A, Central Valley, no shock there. Keystone Oaks, you, know, you wonder what they would do in the situation if they ever lost Shrub. Well, they answered. Now you wonder, KO, a second crack against the Warriors, then on back at their place to get that crack. You just wonder, will it make a difference? But also, what is Shrub's availability? Because if he can't go, you feel that lessons are already slim chances. And North Calic EF, excited to see these two square off. Both undefeated. Both have played good football all year long. Both showed their grittiness and toughness. You know, EF reminded us, North Carolina kind of let us in on their defense. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. And then my takeaways from classes 2A and 1A, respectfully. I think we're going to have a bunch of dogfights in the semifinals this week. Because you're going to have a lot of premier matchups, a lot of power-run teams trying to get their way into a championship feel. And out of those four games, the game, I mean, also each game, because you wonder, 
Can Shenango, who's in a new position, go on the road against Claritin and unseat arguably the, the Whippeals' premier program? A Paul Ridge first ever semifinal trip going against, you know, the highly favored Beaver Falls, who's undefeated, top seed, blown over everyone this year, and they won a Whippeal title in the, in the state title in 2016. The program is back a full swing. But the Vikings have experienced their undefeated, too. It'll be on the ground. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out, if AR can handle it to the moment. And the other side, Sarah and Stowe Rocks. Both teams are electric. Both are big play teams. Both those defenses, very good, very overlooked. But I think, though, too much firepower on both sides. You'll see a lot of points. And really, it's going to be a toss-up. And then Claritin, and then, I'm sorry, and then Jeanette, Rochester, Rochester gave the Jayhawks fit to knock it out two years ago. Do they do it again at home? You know what they're going to do is pound the rock and control the clock and wear down the Jayhawks front. The Jayhawks want to spread out a little bit. The young freshmen just continue to shine, and they got playmakers that can make things happen. I think that could be a low scoring game, but it should be, again, all these ones should be good competitive games. And then those are my thoughts, and I thought even though despite – only having two upsets. I mean, honestly, I thought it was a really good weekend of football. This, and, you know, you had your gritty moments that you asked, which I think we're set up to have a really special Friday night with just all these competitive games and some interesting storylines, some new faces for teams that aren't used to seeing this far. But the fun just beginning. We'll talk later this week about each playoff matchup that's set for this weekend. Until then, guys, take care. Hope you enjoyed. We'll talk soon this week.